Welcome to Red State Talk Radio. You're listening to Tori Says for the next hour. I'll be your host, Tori. We'll be discussing news, foreign and domestic, unfiltered news. Welcome back. You are listening to the Tory Says Show. Today is March 16th, 2020. Sorry for the delays. We are having some technical difficulties. But let's go to a video that the CDC just released that talks about a eight-week ban on mass gatherings. Let's go to it. Americans are bracing for a very different way of life, if not completely under lockdown. It will certainly be under a nationwide shutdown for the next few months. The CDC issuing these new large gatherings of 50 or more people. They say it's intended for anyone organizing conferences, festivals, parades, concerts, sporting events, weddings, and just about anything else you can imagine that used to be part of our regular daily lives. This comes as cities across the nation close or restrict bars, restaurants, and nightclubs. The mayor of Los Angeles, Eric Garcetti, closing not just bars and clubs, but also movie theaters, bowling alleys, and gyms for the next month. Now, earlier this morning, the Surgeon General, Dr. Jerome Adams, says we're in a crucial window now and the situation here has the potential to be Italy. We are at a critical inflection point in this country. Uh, People, we are where Italy was two weeks ago in terms of our numbers. And we have a choice to make as a nation. Do we want to go the direction of South Korea and really be aggressive and lower our mortality rates? Or do we want to go the direction of Italy? And uh, when you look at the projections, uh, there's every chance that we could be Italy, but there's every hope that we will be South Korea. Meanwhile, the president took to the podium yesterday to plead with the American people that we are not running out of food and to stop emptying the shelves at the grocery stores. This comes as the president's task force also tells us that we should expect the number of cases to dramatically rise as testing speeds up this week. Finally, we may get action because the Senate is back in session and they'll pick up where the House bill that just passed will uh, have been left over. But Mitch McConnell is saying there may be more bills needed to address this crisis. Sandra? Griff Jenkins kicking things off there in Washington this morning. Thank you. Wow. So are we are we going to be like Italy? Wow. What a question. Like if if you can't spell panic a better, you know, whatever. So for those of you that are messaging me saying I sounded different, I guess I'll have to blame it on the coronavirus or, you know, there could be something called deep fake audio. Who knows? Um, But Today, everyone is talking about coronavirus, all these people, uh, you know, that are uh, waitresses, people that rely on interaction with people for for money, uh, uh, you know, to work are finding it difficult uh, to wrap their head around on how they're going to be helped. Uh, Are these programs that are being put in place there to help the average person, the contractor, uh, the waitress that makes $2 an hour but relies on tips? Like how um, are they going to take it forward? How is this going to fix itself? And that's the question almost everybody has on their mind 
What happens to the average people? What happens to the people that can't take their kids to school so that way they can go work? Or what happens to those kids that, you know, rely on the food at school in order to eat? And, you know, that actually has been mitigated. I can tell you from uh, the public school district that my daughter is in, uh, they've uh, had these lunch programs and they called, texted, emailed saying, hey, you know, uh, the kids will come by, they'll pick up breakfast, lunch, and some materials to help them so that way they can continue their studies at home. And it's completely free. And that the... um, Public transport will honor, obviously, all student passes outside of school hours uh, so they can come and pick it up at certain locations. So mitigation is in place. I mean, we are one of the the world's most richest nations on the planet. There is no excuse that if hit, if hit with something that a bioweapon or something like this that would uh, constitute us to have to have this uh, social distancing, then we should all be fine and we need to calm down and not buy out food, uh, you know, and relax and just, you know, enjoy the show. I'm, I'm surprised we're not having coronavirus parties, you know, like they used to with like chicken pox where people would get together and, you know, talk about coronavirus and <laughs> chicken pox. Your kid has chicken pox. We're throwing a party and everybody gets together. I think we should do the same for COVID-19 because at the end of the day, think about it. How many people do you know in your life that you actually physically know? Right. That's got to be a lot of people. Right. And then those people know a lot of people, too. And those a lot of people know a lot of people, too. How many of you have actually known of a victim of coronavirus? Because, you know, I like to say that I know a lot of people and I still don't know anyone connected to someone that (laughs) that has coronavirus. Speaking of coronavirus mishmash. okay. So I watched the snooze fest that they called the Dem debate that I'm still not convinced was actually actual. Uh, Colors had changed in the mid. So in the beginning, they kind of shook elbows. They tried to be really relevant and shook elbows. And then they started talking and the distance between them started to get even bigger. And there were um, little edges around Biden. So I don't know, like, was this like a real slash deep fake? Was that Hunter Biden in Daddy Biden makeup? God knows. But regardless, still a train wreck like both of them Bernie Sanders who who looks like an angry fit communist right he still got things confused like N1H1 yeah that thing (laughs) that thing in Africa you mean Ebola and then they started talking about Ebola as if it was coronavirus and it's like we dealt with the coronavirus back then it's kind of like and then they were saying how what they would do well we would uh, you know mandate people to stay indoors and it's like okay President Trump did that and then we would release a few billion dollars in aid to help with all of these costs and things President Trump released 50 billion okay did that and we would have all these testing kits and make up you know these little places where people can go so they could get tested um president trump did that too so what is it exactly that they had a problem i mean biden and sanders were slamming president trump's coronavirus response yet you know as a nation that has so many millions and millions of people almost half a billion people we have you know less than 100 people dead 
And here we are, a nation of Italy that has, you know, just a fraction of our population. They got a thousand. I'm just saying, like, look at the numbers, look at the response, look at the reaction. That's how you have to take a look at it. Um, You should take a listen to how Fox analyzed this. And let's just poke some holes because Fox is really dropping the ball lately. It seemed really bizarre uh, listening to this. I was kind of shocked. What happened to real journalism, Fox? You're going a little bit slow on things and you're not doing it the right way. But uh, whatever, right? I digress again how they are changing the face of news by pushing all the fake nonsense in there. I was just It's just shocking because they were talking about their responses and made it sound as if their responses were poking holes in what President Trump was doing. But like I told you... All right, guys, I'm, I'm in my super... Oh, my gosh. Nope. We do not want the super Amazon FBA training guy. So um, that is actually something that I was going to be talking about. Well, I have started recording for Subscribestar, which is the imposition of ads that we are seeing now uh, through places like Amazon, um, through places like um YouTube through places like even YouTube TV. I don't know how many of you subscribe to YouTube TV, but you're supposed to have commercial free, um, you know, uh, access to your shows. And now they're superimposing them. And at YouTube, how many of you are forced to actually watch full blown four minute commercials in order to see what you want to see? That's it's insane. So they hijack you with the ads and. I'm just introducing this, but you'll understand why they're doing this, this forced narrative that you're supposed to see. But anyway, let's get back to Fox News and listen to how they broke down the discussion between Biden and Sanders slamming President Trump when there was nothing really to slam. Um, president is to shut this president up right now because he is undermining the doctors and the scientists who are trying to help the American people. It is unacceptable for him to be blabbering with unfactual information. I have to take care of those who in fact are exposed or likely to be exposed to the virus. And that means we have to do testing. We have to get the testing kits up and ready. Joe Biden and Bernie Sanders finally went one-on-one for the first time in the latest Democratic debate. The face-off moved to Washington, held without an audience due to the coronavirus outbreak. Both men hammering the president, as you heard there, on his handling of this crisis as concern grows over primaries set to take place tomorrow. Ellison Barber is live in Columbus, Ohio, one of the states set to vote. Good morning, Ellison. Good morning, Ed. Joe Biden and Bernie Sanders are on the same page when it comes to their criticisms of President Trump and how he has handled this crisis. They offer different solutions, though, when it comes to how they would deal with it. Joe Biden said he would mobilize the U.S. military right now because they have the capacity to build 500 bed hospitals to help with potential shortages. Sanders said he would use the National Guard as they're doing in New York. This is like a war. We're in the middle of a national emergency. Everything that you need in terms of dealing with this crisis would be free. This coronavirus uh, pandemic exposes the incredible weakness and dysfunctionality of our current healthcare system. And with all due respect to Medicare for all, you have a single payer system in Italy. It doesn't work there. 
577 delegates are up for grabs tomorrow in Arizona, Florida, Illinois, and Ohio. Georgia and Louisiana decided to postpone their upcoming elections. The four states voting tomorrow have said they will proceed as planned. Yesterday, Ohio Secretary of State told Fox News he doesn't see Ohio reversing course and that the polls will open tomorrow, Tuesday at 6.30 a.m. Election officials say every Ohio polling location will have the supplies and instructions to follow hygienic guidelines established by the state's Department of Health as well as the CDC. There's hand sanitizer when people walk into these locations to vote, hand sanitizer when they walk out. We are told pens and most voting machines will be cleaned after every use. Still, there is concern all of that is not going to be enough. And as restaurants shut down, some believe voting polls should shut down as well. Could you guarantee to them that no poll worker, no voter is going to get sick by showing up on Tuesday yeah. to cast their ballot? As we know, in, in, a, in an issue like this, in, in a time that we're dealing with, there are no 100 percent. What I can guarantee them is this, that their polling location, uh, the people that work that polling location are well trained. They have the equipment, uh, the supplies to wipe down that, that location. They've got the right instructions as long as they follow them from us. If the voters are following proper hand uh, hygiene and that kind of thing, that it will be a safe and a healthy experience. There are some mail-in voting options and also some curbside voting options. A lot of people that we have seen in the last couple days Ed, seem to be taking advantage of this state's fairly long early voting period. Ed. Absolutely. Allison Barber, thank you. So we're going to cancel elections, you guys. So elections are canceled. President Trump's going to be president forever. Um, maybe that's a message we should just be spreading about that President Trump will be president forever. We all have to social distance. We can't vote. You know what? If this was exactly what I said it was, which was the plan to deploy the coronavirus after impeachment, number one, we would not, and I repeat, would not have had uh, any ability to save ourselves when it comes to the gulags. They would be rounding us up. I mean, they already said that we should be removing people that are sick from households and placing them somewhere else. And I'm like, well, hold on a second, buddy. Aren't you getting a little bit ahead of yourself? Because at the end of the day, you're saying that we should be removing people and children that, you know, are sick and putting them in different places, which means you are all for what? gulags, quarantine centers, you know, the stuff that Hillary Clinton said we should be doing and no one takes advice from the witch, right? So this is where these Democrats sit on the side of we should be rounding people up and throwing them into quarantine so nobody else gets sick. Of what? The flu? You know, the flu season where everybody gets flu shots is around uh, September, October, November, right? That's when they're like, come get your flu shot. It's all free. Oh, CVS is giving you a cute sticker with a heart on it. Go. But the peak season is February, right? And bellows out in March. Outside of that, you don't see anything. So what wave were they, try- were they trying to ride? This was it. Impeachment. Hurry up. Let's pass it. Pass it. Pass it. So we can vote the minute the office is open. The minute they open, we, we impeach him. And then we're like, oh, my gosh, look at all this. Everyone's sick. Trump's out of office. Pence is president. Oh, no. Oops. President Pence got sick. Oh, no. He died from the flu. I mean, coronavirus. I mean, huh. 
And then Pelosi's president and all of you rounded up for the safety of others. Nobody gets to identify your body because coronavirus. And they march on saying that this was devastating. This was horrible. And it was all President Trump's fault that so many people died because he wasn't prepared to meet it. Now, that is a timeline that was pretty much squashed and eradicated in August of 2019. No one told the Democrats. Uh, You know, no one told them anything because we're allowing them to think that they win. See, that is when people get sloppy. Now, as 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 time goes on and we're boxing them out of one plan, shifting them to another that they think they're making decisions for, that is how you see you're winning. Because right now they don't have a plan. They're reactive. And right now they're causing time dilation boops. So that way they can buy themselves time to reconfigure how they're going to push this. Now, this whole President Trump wasn't ready for it is, you know, a really big deal because he was ready for it. The whole push for the tests is just to confirm that you may or may not have had COVID-19 or what they want to call COVID-19 because we all know it's not Wuhan virus. Because if it was the Wuhan virus then Apple would have not had their businesses open in China and shut them down for the rest of the world. Bioweapons are highly precise. It is highly unlikely that any one of these crazy clowns out there like Schiff, Pelosi, Hollywood, etc. would release something into the ether that they cannot control. But again, Highly specific bioweapons, highly specific bioweapons. And people are thinking, well, that's cruel. (laughs) Yeah. Well, wait till you find out about other stuff that are cruel that happen that you just don't want to believe. I mean, I myself having proximity close to something atrocious, I still don't want to believe that 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 that, you know, it's just you got to pray and you got to hope that the right voices and the right actions uh, will be heard and taken. That is all you have to do. And you have to trust that there is good guiding all of this. Because if you lose that faith and you start to panic because and resonate on that lower frequency, because panic and fear resonate on a lower frequency. And those lower frequencies are actually found to cause cancer. I kid you not. And this is where broken heart syndrome comes from. Did you know that? Did you know that it's a um, there was an experiment done to show uh, that broken heart syndrome exists, you know, where your heart literally breaks. So you die of a broken heart kind of thing. And when they did this experiment, what they did was they used they used short, low frequency waves constantly aimed, um, you know, to the body of these rats and they all died. They didn't have anything specifically wrong. They were just really lethargic. They didn't want to do anything. They were like depressed rats. You know, I mean, it's not like a rat could tell you, dude, I feel depressed. It's not like you can see Kleenex, you know, carnage after them or anything. But you see that they don't want to socialize. They flip over. They move around. You know, they're not really into it. And that is um, how you understand uh, depression by the actions. And so that was actually proven. So low frequency. So if everyone is panicking and they're in fear, it's just low frequency. And we're emitting a very low, low frequency. Have you ever noticed that song? What is it called? Um, Oh gosh, say something. Okay. So it's in a very specific note, D flat. Anyway, chord D is always known throughout history, actually. It's actually written in history. Uh, D notes are actually known to um, stimulate emotion of sadness. 
because, uh, you know, they resonate on a frequency that um, emanates that. So how many of you have heard the song Say Something, I'm Giving Up on You, and then you're just like, oh, my God, I'm so depressed right now. I just want to, like, you know, <laughs> crawl in a hole. And that's because of the music. You don't even have to listen to the words. The music will make you feel that. Um, and music does make you feel a lot of things. See, music used to be without words, right? We used to have Mozart, Beethoven, etc. Um, have you ever heard low frequency music? There's one piece by Bach that that'll set you on. You'll have nightmares if you actually listen to it where you pay attention, listen to it. Not like in the background elevator, like who would play that on an elevator? I'm just saying. But if you actually listen to it, frequencies actually influence you. So, you know, words are another way of what carrying sound frequency. So again, don't panic, relax, have a coronavirus party. You know, it's a flu. You'll get over it. You know, I keep telling Scott Adams, he and Leonora had COVID, you know, that they had the coronavirus when he was like deadly sick in December. I was like, dude, you totally had it. Like tons of people totally had it. It was like the worst flu ever. He was sick. And I was like, did you get vaccinated? No, I didn't get vaccinated this year, blah, blah, blah for the flu. And it's like, well, so I'm convinced he had coronavirus. And guess what? If he actually goes and gets tested, he will test positive because you know how they test? They test to see if your body's making antibodies for the virus. It's not like they could test to find out, you know, where the virus is. You can't test for something that's a parasite, you can test for the remnants that it leaves, which is metabolites or antibodies for it. How do you know you're allergic to something? Antibodies, you know, aggregate and they and they and they collect. You have, uh, you know, certain reactions to certain infections. You'll have increased isonophils or basophils because we have different white blood cells, right? So for for the coronavirus, you would look for a T cell, which is a specialized, you know, immune cell that attacks that specific virus. I mean, so if all of us do what the Democrats say and go get tested, then everybody in America has coronavirus, <laughs> you know, and obviously coronavirus was a thing for, you know, over 40 years since it's been on the back of a Lysol bottle since 1970. So it's not like it's something new, ah, but it's a more designer one right now. That's the difference, right? So that's where we're at right now. It's a more designer one. I'll see you all right after this break where we'll pick up some more good stuff coming in in regards to what's to come this week. To Red State Talk Radio. 
you're listening to Tori Says. For the next hour, I'll be your host, Tori. We'll be discussing news, foreign and domestic, unfiltered news. Welcome back, everyone, to the Tory Says Show. Wow, it's March 16, 2020. Guys, is this month not flying by like I told you it would? It's gone. March is gone. March is super gone. So far gone that we're already planning for Cinco de Mayo, obviously, because everything's been canceled. So we're just going to run right in. Actually, wait, we didn't skip all the holidays. Turns out, uh, you know, April 13th is when things are supposed to be coming back to life that we're allowed to actually live in society. So um, do you know what that that week is oh, it's, it's a pretty big week for two major religions the jews and the historical christians so uh that would be holy week so it is passover for the jews and that thursday so we start everything back up on the 13th on on the monday right and so that Thursday is when supposedly uh, Christ was crucified and then he was resurrected, um, you know, that Saturday midnight. So that Sunday is Easter and that's the whole week of Passover. So it's just really odd that during Passover, everything's going to be fine. Mm. Pretty interesting, right? 30 days. But I think that takes more analysis and more time to go over it, you know, while, you know, <laughs> business as usual is canceled. Um now, I wanted us to kind of uh, listen to Tucker, um, but before I get into that, I just wanted to tell you guys, you know this whole bill that Congress put together like to help us? Oh, look what we did. We put this bill to help people. No. Actually, President Trump talked about how are we going to fund businesses and people and make sure you know we cut payroll taxes, we cut interest from loans. You know, Did anybody call their bank to see if the bank will give them a loan, regardless of credit, now that the Federal Reserve has it up until zero? I mean, that's what they're supposed to do. Uh, you know, he actually put a plan like that together. Well, he made a statement as such, and then Congress took it and said, oh, he did this. But we're fixing that and tidying it up. Why? Because they decided that while they passed this bill that's supposed to protect all the lives of Americans that are getting sick, right? Because everyone's just dying, right? But... We haven't seen that yet, um, except for Washington, which makes it really curious how the most vulnerable in that nursing home are all dying. It's super bizarre. Anyway, uh, they've tried to sneak in that while we're passing this bill to help people, let's pay for abortions. It's like, oh, because the virus is like immune to killing kids. Let's just kill them another way. Right. It's ridiculous. It is ridiculous. This is this is what they stand for. They stand for death. I I, I don't care what anyone has to say. They stand for death. Now, uh, Cuomo is ridiculous. Uh, I mean, as as a governor of New York, you would expect him to do more with such a densely populated, uh, you know, city. And that's my hometown, man. And this guy is such a clown. Like, there is no way anyone's going to re- reelect this idiot. Uh, but. I want us to listen to Tucker Carlson. He made some really, really good points about regular life is all but suspended. Um, it was kind of it was kind of fun listening to him. I mean, I, I adore him. Take a listen. 
wait, you're not taking a listen yet because I have to fix that. So you can. There we go. Good evening and welcome to Tucker Carlson tonight. Back in January, we first reported on this show about what we described then as a serious viral outbreak that appeared to be rising from a city called Wuhan in eastern China. At the time, the outbreak sounded ominous and potentially important, but still very far away. Today, less than two months later, the Chinese coronavirus is officially a national emergency here in the States. The president announced that this afternoon at a press conference in the Rose Garden. To unleash the full power of the federal government in this effort today, I am officially declaring a national emergency. President, on to explain measures designed to both check the spread of the virus and to help the country recover and certainly weather the economic disruption it's causing. The president's state of emergency declaration frees up $50 billion to battle the pandemic. Regulations governing the length of hospital stays will be waived. Most visits to nursing homes will be suspended. The president also announced a total freeze on interest payments on the nation's $1.5 trillion in federal student loans. No more payments for a while. He said the government will purchase billions of barrels of oil for the strategic petroleum reserve. We're going to fill it to the top, he said. Then, in response to inadequate testing across the country, something that's gotten quite a bit of attention, he announced a new initiative to open drive-through testing facilities. The goal is for individuals to be able to drive up and be swabbed without having to leave your car. We'll have more on the problems with testing for the virus in just a minute. The president's announcement today. Okay, testing swabbed. What is that? DNA sample. Let's just check, right? Let's just check if within your DNA you have coding for these T cells. Let's just check if you have an active full blown out virus. Let's just check and file you in there. Um, You know, it sounds something out of some futuristic apocalyptic thing. So like he said, don't get tested unless you have symptoms. I think he said that a few times during his speech, kind of saying, you know, you really don't have to go. Uh, You know, you don't really, really have to go. And now what I did notice yesterday from this whole coronavirus, you know, scare, Twitter has amped itself up on labeling things misinformation and this. But not only that. There are select few people, people that I DM on Twitter all the time, like all the time, and I can't respond to their messages because I sent something and I'm in Twitter jail and I'm thinking, what did I send that disabled me from sending them a message? So my friend's like, nah, man, I'm texting you and it's not giving me. Yeah, but I'm not allowed to even open it. I have to like look at the thing because then it comes up with a thing you know, you're still, you know, being punished or some some BS like that. So I've been put in the corner from DMing a few other reporters uh, and actually very close friends. So it's not them just saying it. So I don't know if anybody else has been throttled. And I know what it was. It was a specific screenshot. And so having said that, I sent it to um, my relative and a reporter and you know, they started responding back saying, I can't see what you sent me. It was like concealed and um, I can't respond back to them. And I was disabled from anyone that I was sending something to. Well, that screenshot too. Um, after that, which was really, really bizarre. Uh, so, you know, I guess I'm in some form of a DM Twitter jail 
for sending something because I haven't been hindered on tweeting, retweeting and posting stuff. So that's pretty bizarre. And it's only like happened to just really close uh, friends of mine uh, that I share a lot with. So it was really weird to see it. And I'm not the only one that had it. See, I made fun of a reporter friend of mine that went through the same thing. And it all comes down to talking about the coronavirus. So what he sent out was the same thing. And he was put in like a DM Twitter jail. So they, um, so what I have to do, what I'm assuming is to, um, reinstall because that's what he did after a week of not being out of the Twitter DM jail. So I guess we have to like, uh, you know, delete the app and then reinstall it. So it works again. Uh, but, uh, that was actually from a conversation earlier this morning while I was rushing to some special place, a very special place, um, that you'll know about later. I'll probably tweet out a photo, but, um, here is the rest of what Tucker has to say. And this is about the market. Cause see, my listeners already knew this was coming with the market. We talked about it, didn't we, guys? We talked about how there's going to be a huge crash in the market and how it's going to be a real big jump back up. And then the last crash will be when we remove ourselves from this fiat currency and go to gold back. And at that point, we're going to crush every single other economy on the planet because it'll be pulling the plug or, you know, just cold turkey out. We're done. So... Take a listen to what Tucker says about the markets finding some relief after President Trump's announcement. Today seemed to calm markets a bit after dropping 10 points yesterday. The Dow Jones Industrial Average rose by more than 9 percent, with most of the gains coming after the president spoke. Still, across America, regular life is all but suspended right now, as you know well. Sporting events, concerts and plays are being canceled, so are religious ceremonies. The Mormon Church stopped all services worldwide. At this moment, there are about 2,200 confirmed coronavirus cases in the United States. There have been 48 deaths. Those are not huge numbers in a country of 320 million, but there is reason tonight to believe this could be the beginning of something bigger. In Italy, another 250 people died just today. It was the worst day yet. In Spain, dozens are dying every day. Countries are starting to take dramatic measures in response to this. Many are remembering the value of having borders after having forgotten for quite a while. Denmark, Poland, and the Czech Republic have all closed themselves off from outsiders, and they're not likely to be the last countries to do that. In Iran, which could be the country hit hardest of all globally, the military has been called out to clear the streets. This is how I quit my job. Oh, my gosh. How are they constantly invading Tucker Carlson all the time? I'm so upset right now. So uh, they just cut him off on YouTube. Are you seeing what I'm seeing? Darn these programs. Darn that Alice hopping in and just cutting him off. And I'm not going to sit here and watch and listen to this. A seven minute, four second ad so that I can see the rest of Tucker Carlson. That's basically what they do. You see that? That is what they do. It just It's not even a yellow thing that says, warning, there's an ad coming. Now, um, I wanted to uh, talk about, uh, well, I just want to introduce a little topic. And you know what? I'll actually do that um, toward the end of the show because I don't want to give away a lot. But it'll have to do with the um, relationship of um, certain drugs and certain chemicals that we have in our body, which are um, pretty important for us to know. But... Uh, before we get into all of that, I want us to talk about things that we've talked about years ago um, and no one listened, which was the there were two things. One, that General Flynn had uh, manufactured 302s used against him in order to um, 
Well, they were weaponized against him in order to put him in a box and hold him hostage, basically. Hold him hostage to silence. But number two, it was that crazy laptop that was found. And, you know, when you get this laptop, I just want you guys to understand how um, investigations go. So you get the laptop and you're looking for, you know, like in the case of Anthony Weiner, you're looking for little girls, you're looking for exchanges, you're looking for pimping, you're looking for sharing photos and videos, right? And then you stumble upon an email that's like... (laughs) I don't know, not like I really know, but you stumble upon an email with um, someone from China who is requesting to ask about some nuclear shipment, you know, Uranian shipment that was supposed to be going through um, Canada to come down to their people so that they can take it over to Iran. I'm just hypothetically speaking, of course, right? And so you find that and then it traces you back to where that might be coming. I mean, this is totally hypothetical. So not only do you find crimes against children and people that are involved with crimes against children, but you find crimes like that, like, you know, like hypothetically speaking, selling uranium or, um, you know, taking money uh, to make sure that uh, some loan is eradicated or that your friend gets a, you know, green card. These are totally hypothetical things that were probably found uh, that could be found um, on the Anthony Weiner laptop. So I'd like us to take a listen to uh, Sydney Powell talking about the corrupt prosecutors that have joined the Obama team. Made up yet another crime which I knew is just like when I read the Anderson indictment, I saw that they'd made up a crime. When I read the Merrill Lynch indictment, I saw they'd made up a crime. Never in the history of our country had there been a prosecution of somebody for depriving anyone of honest services without bribes or kickbacks or some form of self-dealing. But that's exactly what they'd done here. We pointed that out to the Fifth Circuit to try to get bail pending appeal. Still couldn't get it. So all four Merrill defendants served between eight months and a year in prison on an indictment that did not even state a federal offense while the prosecutors were hiding the evidence that showed they were innocent. I then watched as those prosecutors became Obama's longest-serving White House counsel, the Assistant Attorney General for the Criminal Division of the Department of Justice, who then micromanaged the prosecution of Senator Ted Stevens that had to be thrown out for hiding evidence that showed he was innocent. That was Matthew Friedrich. Uh, Catherine Rumler became Obama's longest-serving White House counsel. Leslie Caldwell was then brought back into Department of Justice by Loretta Lynch uh, to head the criminal division. She had been the original head of the Enron Task Force. And then Andrew Weissman, none other than Andrew Weissman, whose name I'm sure you've heard, he's now on MSNBC, was, I call him, the lead villain of License to Lie because he was the ramrod of all of this. He was one of the most terroristic of the terrors of prosecutors. He became Mueller's deputy director and general counsel of the FBI. And then after a stint in private practice where he made a lot of money, Leslie Caldwell brought him back into the Department of Justice as what I call the deep state transition team to help with the Russia hoax. And he then became the head person on Mueller's special counsel operation. If you uh, want a little entertainment, go to a website I did. I have a weird sense of humor. I call it creepsonamission.com. 
And this is why we love her. Because, you know, sometimes it's through humor that we get a lot of information out there. That is how we can hear the truth sometimes because it's so far-fetched that you know, you just won't believe it. Like even if you hear it with your own ears, how a child was trafficked, 11 years old, trafficked, found found somewhere, they arrested a child, and then the child was found in another place with another child with a bunch of grown men, and guess what? They arrested the child, and when the judge said, where are the grown men that were having sex with these children? He said nothing. So you arrested the child, but not the grown men i see oh you don't believe me too far-fetched take a listen 5.3 of the report says that in 2008 an 11 year old girl came to attention of the police after she disclosed that she and another child had been sexually abused by a group of adult males just a few weeks later she was found in a derelict house with another child and a number of adult males yet she 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 was arrested 11 years of age she was arrested for being drunk and disorderly and none of the males were arrested. Have you, has your force identified the police officers involved in that and found out what went on? Um, He's not saying I, I, I don't know. Okay. Don't know. All right. In paragraph four. He doesn't know. Do you know why? Do you know who those grown men were? Yeah, really high profile people in England. That's why. This is how corrupt the system is. That even if a child speaks up, they are terrified because they're part of it. If a child wants to say something to the police, they're thinking, wait a minute, have I seen them before? I don't know. Maybe I was drugged or drunk. This is where we're at. This is how bad the corruption is. That even those most vulnerable can speak. I mean, think about it this way. Nursing home, right? I told you about the nursing home in Washington. No one is even batting an eyelash that it's all coming from there. You know what they were going to say? Oh, yeah. Well, you know, they're really old. They're really sick. So it just passed on from one person to another. Has nothing to do with short waves. Has nothing to do with aggregation of specific waves and towers around them. Has nothing to do with that whatsoever. That that is the cohort that may have, hypothetically speaking, got the specific pneumonia cohort uh, allocation. So this is what people need to understand, that it is so evil, so nefarious, you can't even wrap your mind around it, even if you're right in it, especially if you're in it. It's kind of like the eye of the storm. If you're sitting in the storm's eye, you know, it's calm and cool and cool like a cucumber. You have, you're none the wiser that, you know, 10 miles to your left or right, there's chaos ensuing. So this is where we're at as a people that we are so blind, we can't see so blind that we're also spelling martial law wrong. And what is martial law? That's another one. talk about spelling Asian dog I'm like the worst one I'm like the one googling things and using thesaurus so let's be honest but what is martial law martial law is when the government takes over people say it's when you know the military takes over it could be really soft because remember it's your policemen that have tanks now your policemen have machine guns and grenades and you know really hardcore you know um Bulletproof vests, um, sometimes better than the ones that we send our soldiers with to Afghanistan with. I'm just saying hypothetically. So think. 
your state right now has said that there's a curfew. I actually went out um, to pick up a delivery of milk that I had placed, get this, a week ago because there were no slots a week ago just for simple stuff like milk, um, orange juice, um, no toilet paper, so whatever, uh, and water. And I think it was like a box of Tate's cookies. Those are like my favorite. So um, the person turns up and I'm like down there and I see the police officers that are always outside um, by the entrance. And I'm like, yo, so what's going on? Like, did they they, they like super announce that there's martial law and stuff? Yeah. He's like, well, you know, we're just going to disperse crowds. You're not allowed to stand around. You're not allowed to hang out. And I was like, so the police are doing it? He's like, yeah, we're dispersing crowds. I was like, so this is like martial law. He's like, yeah, people don't get it. They think we have to be in army gear. And that's the thing. People don't get it, how it really works. It comes in soft. And, you know, there's people that don't want to get tested. There's people that don't want to um, go and get tested. There's people that, you know, are they going to force us to go get tested? Think about it. I don't think so. Are they going to force us to, to do certain things? I don't think so. But what they're worried about is retaliation. And I think in my heart that this uh, social distancing and not having groups of more than 50 people is to avoid a false flag. Because this is how you avoid a false flag by not having a lot of people. And you're going to be like, what? Yeah. So we all know how those work. When there's panic, you need to make more panic. And then you need to distract. You know, they're distracting from the fact that we're taking out terrorists. Distracting from the fact that they're landlocked. They can't leave. And are they going to come in? They're terrified. Hillary Clinton's, you know, out there making these weird, (laughs) I have the right to not talk. And it's like, "Mm, I don't know if that works that way. Uh, You know, we have judges on the bench shaking shaking literally thinking oh my gosh there goes my pension they're going to confiscate every single penny i've made because that's exactly what happens we have had so many ceos stepping down and i and i stem back to the conversation friday morning prior to my show where i'm talking to my reporter friend of mine you know a blue check mark and i'm like man this is about to go down everyone's going to go down all these people are resigning globally i just can't wait bill gates is going down they're all going down 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 He's like, that's just dumb. I mean, they're just resigning. And I was like, um, did you forget about the EO from like December 21st? Well, 22nd, it was signed. 2017? Yeah, that EO. That EO was the one that tells you exactly what it is. If we find you are involved in any which way or form and you're a public official or have used public funds or someone of notoriety, we take all your stuff. We confiscate it. If you're, if you're child trafficking, messing with children, doing anything with children, I mean, just read the EO. Our coffers are nice and fat. This is where we pull out $50 billion with a $21, million, $21 trillion debt ticket. How do you pull out 50 billion out of nowhere? Do you print it? Nope, because you got it. So not everything is what it seems. And and that's the theme of the next half hour. Not everything is what it seems. They're not telling you everything. I mean, remember, I've always told you history isn't what they tell you it is. It didn't happen when they told you it did. And it's not happening the way it's and the future isn't happening the way they're telling you. You shape that. You pick it. So while you're distracted with things like, oh, are we going to vote for him? Or look, another, you know, Adrena, I mean, meth head, you know, in a sex party with blood and feces on a bed, you know, 
there's real stuff going on, real war going on, real things being um, being touched upon. And that is what you need to be paying attention to. And how do you know what to pay attention to? I've said it before. All you have to do is focus on what your president is telling you. So coronavirus testing, why was it delayed? Well, just like uh, Fox told you, it was bureaucratic stuffs that caused us to delay in being able to test people. And I think the testing is important to not test people because then they're going to tell you all these people got sick when they're really not at risk. A lot of them may have T cells and antibodies, uh, you know, um, immune system responses and ability to fight it off because um, they were exposed to it, but didn't have any exasperation. So this is a kind of double pronged here, you know, that they're forcing us to uh, kind of, yeah, you should totally um, go get tested because it's necessary. But on the other hand, you know, it's been delayed. Why has it been delayed? So the delay is the problem when it's really not. Uh, we don't need to know you have coronavirus. You just need to deal with it yourself. And there's a guy in, a, in the state of Ohio that actually got coronavirus. And he was deadly sick for like six days before he went to the hospital. And now he's doing fine. It's just he, could, he couldn't stop. He was coughing. He was in his uh, mid-50s, um, you know, and had underlying health issues uh, that had to do with pulmonary issues and he was immunosuppressed. So if anything, you know, and you don't believe the hype, just make sure that if you're immunosuppressed, undergoing chemotherapy and stuff, to just keep yourself guarded since, um, you know, they're saying that this flu is so bad. And I've seen people that had, you know, coronavirus that don't know they had coronavirus, but I'm convinced they did. I'll see you guys all in just a bit right after this break where we'll talk more about it. America is great, better than ever. Under President Trump's leadership, we are racing to new heights. Millions of new jobs, rising wages, record low unemployment, securing our border, protecting our country, and respecting our veterans. Most of all, we are proud to be Americans, proud of our country, our families, and our flag. God bless America. And the best is yet to come. I'm Donald J. Trump, and I approve this message. Hello, my fellow patriots. My name is Michael Flynn Jr., and I am the proud son of General Flynn. Your support of the last two years has been incredible and will never be forgotten. If you'd like to continue supporting General Flynn, you can donate to our legal defense fund. Any donation is welcome. To donate, go to www.mikeflynndefensefund.org. Thank you, and God bless America. Hi. I'm Laura Loomer, and I'm running for Congress in Florida's 21st Congressional District. Big tech social media companies have made it their goal to censor and ultimately shut down conservative voices as a way to control political dialogue ahead of the 2020 elections. Few things are more un-American than censorship, yet now, more than ever, we see glaring examples of it daily. Conservative accounts suspended or banned for innocuous postings, while liberal accounts with far more egregious content continue to operate freely and unencumbered. As someone banned on nearly every single social media platform, with even Chase Bank temporarily shutting down online access to my bank account, I understand the dangers of this far better than most. 
We cannot allow big tech social media companies to continue acting as liberal publishers free from oversight and regulation. Tech companies have used censorship not only as a way to silence those who they disagree with politically, but also as a way to incite violence against conservatives. While conservatives are banned and shut down, terrorist organizations like Hamas and Antifa, criminals and even human traffickers are freely using social media to communicate. Americans deserve a fair and transparent playing field from big tech. And when in Congress, holding these companies and their executives accountable will be a top priority of mine. Go to lauralumerforcongress.com and donate today and bring Laura Loomer to Congress. We need more voices like that in the House. Go to subscribestar.com and subscribe for exclusive content just for my subscribers. Welcome back, everyone, to the Tory Says Show. So I wanted to start it off with the bureaucratic, bungling, delayed coronavirus testing and how Fox News analyzes. Not so bad, but we'll talk more about how coronavirus and the Federal Reserve kind of seem to be the same thing. Take a listen. Issues of the coronavirus response so far. If you piece together what happened, it's clear that it was bureaucratic bungling that caused the problem. The president, who identified the problem and insisted it was fixed, and the private sector that is now actually fixing it. Here's the timeline. In January, China published the genetic code that would enable a test to be built. Within days, the Germans had built one. The WHO adopted it for worldwide use. The Australians built one too, and that one worked. Our CDC built their own, and it finally went out on February the 6th, about a month after the German test. But ours didn't work. On February the 12th, it was recalled. More time went by. University labs and the private sector were begging to make a test. The FDA, the Food and Drug Administration, said no. Finally, at the end of February, once the president intervened, The red tape was swept away. A few days later, he ordered an overhaul of the testing approach. And on Friday, he announced a testing partnership between the government and the private sector. But who was responsible for the initial delays? Which officials decided to not use the available test to block the private sector? Was it this man, Dr. Hahn, head of the FDA, or this man, Dr. Redfield, head of the CDC, or both of them? We need the answer now, and someone must take responsibility. If it's not you, Dr. Hahn, or you, Dr. Redfield, tell us who it was. This is bureaucratic bungling of the worst kind. It's all very well to say, let's focus on the future, but this is what always happens in government. The civil servants who actually make the decisions never take responsibility. No one is held accountable, and so nothing changes. Did he just... (laughs) Did he did he just tell us something we already know how everyone's just pointing the finger at everyone else? It's your fault. No, it's your fault. No, it's your fault. It's because everybody wants to take credit when things go great and they don't want to take credit when things go bad. I mean, that's just human nature, isn't it? So that is something that, you know, we all appreciate and understand. But why is it that all of this was released and no one did anything with it? And you would say we need to get people 
people tested. No, we don't. You should only get tested when you need it. And, uh, you know, you should calm down, you know, and just have faith. I mean, what happened to faith, you guys? Uh, you know, they, they even Tom Perez turned around and said that, oh, I don't know what kind of God these conservatives are praying to. Well, I could tell you one thing is definitely not Satan. So I thought that I can play for you a song that tells you a lot. So I just want you to pay attention to the words. When the darkness falls, it won't breathe Cause the God I serve knows only how to try And my God will never fail My God will never fail I'm singing, I'm gonna see a victory
Yeah, if that doesn't tell you anything, because the president told all of us to tune in, you took what was meant for evil and turned it for good. Could be, hypothetically speaking, like if I was really pissed off that people wanted to cause harm to my own people and to people around the world with no regard for life. I mean, remember, these are people that are advocating for abortion. These are people that are advocating for infanticide and elder side and sickicide. Is that even a word? Should we call it? Um, hold on. Pathicide? Oh. Mm, I don't know. What do we call... S- well, you know what? It's just murder. There we go. We don't even have the murder of all ages. How's that? Sick murder. Old murder. Baby that I don't want murdered. I mean, you know, so these are the people that we're up against. The people that advocate for these things and are trying to convince the world that they're rights or that's something kind to do. So would it be so bad if you took a bioweapon they put out and say, well, wait a minute. I think hypothetically speaking, of course, this would be great. Let me target them. But then you're like, well, would my government or would anyone be ever so careless to do so? Well, maybe but it's not careless when it's precision. The technology we have, you have no idea what we are capable of, how much we have, how much we can do, and how much we can see. Uh, Because not a lot of people get that. And it's hard for some people to actually fathom the immense capabilities we have, the technology we have. We just put it down to, oh yeah, that that was just a weird glitch. Speaking of glitches, Let's take a listen to the rest of this Fox News talk about bungling and delayed coronavirus testing. Jenna, what do you make of it? Well, I think that President Trump addressed this very directly when uh, he said that, you know, they were taking decisive action and uh, that the and the vice president also said today that uh, with the FDA's uh, swift action and unprecedented action, that now there's a high throughput for testing. And I think that we can and should focus on uh, what we're doing with the information that we have as as we have it. And so with leadership, the better form of wisdom and discretion is using that and making the best decision that you can with the information and resources that you have at the time available. And so that's what I think President Trump is taking such great and decisive action here in leadership by exercising uh, his wisdom and discretion here by saying, here's what we're going to do. And he's being fully transparent with the American people by holding these almost daily uh, press briefings and giving the information directly to the American people. So I think we do uh, need answers, but I think that even more than that, we need to focus on the future and focus on what the FDA and the CDC are doing at this point in coordination with state and local government. And of course, President Trump was so brilliant to bring in the private sector, like you said, because now we're seeing that Walmarts and others um, are able to have these uh, tests that are in parking lots. And we're truly coming together as a full society to make sure that we address this. But it's not by saying we have to have a localized and centralized uh, federal government, but rather we need to get everyone here involved so that we can address this as an American country. Right, which is what is happening. I totally agree with all of that. But you're being very kind to these uh, bureaucrats who caused this problem. Matt Gates, what do you think? I think we need to know who's responsible for this, and there needs to be some accountability. You have highlighted what is a problem in Washington throughout the enterprise of government. 
People inside the Beltway always want to draw more power to Washington. President Trump's natural instinct is to unlock the potential of our country to solve problems, which is why at the very beginning, when there was a logjam at the CDC, it was President Trump who mm. overruled whatever bureaucrat it was to say, no, we need state-based labs authorized for testing immediately. That allowed us mm. to be able to bend down this curve of potential increase in exposure to the virus. And so again, whether it's the economy or or uh, the environment or any other issue, the president's instinct is to democratize power across the country. Just uh, moments ago in the debate, you had Joe Biden saying, well, he would do more to federalize the response. He would try to seize more control inside yep. Washington, D.C., but, but leveraging our partnerships is far more effective strategy. Yeah, I agree. Lisa, uh, what's your take? Look, I, I mean, if we're being honest, this is the biggest point of vulnerability for the president is the uh, the fact that we haven't, you know, the slowness uh, in testing. That is an issue for the president. It's important now that they're ramping up the efforts and they're uh, increasing the ability to do testing. That is a concern. And if you li listen to people like Dr. Fauci, he said the biggest things that we need to be doing right now are one, blocking sick people from getting into the country, which we've seen President Trump taking with China as well as Europe. Uh, in the UK, which he got criticism for with China as well, even from people like Joe Biden, who said it was xenophobic and instead it was the right move for him to do. Other countries followed suit. So that's important, but also mitigating the spread here in the United States. And in order to do that, we need to know who has it. So I, I think what is important that is being done now is the drive through testing. If you look at MERS, uh, I, I think almost half of the cases uh, people got in the hospitals so it's important to separate people who are potentially sick with drive-through testing than to put them in hospitals and then get additional people sick who don't have it. So I think that's a really important step and should be ramped up across the country as well. Oh, you see, I couldn't get anyone to bite on my call for, <laughs> to name names in the bureaucracy. Nobody wants to name names. Damn, that list would be super long. Speaking of super long, uh, you know, these Democrats have been trying to sneak in as we see legislation to various things to allow them to continue their nefarious cycles of making money and suppressing people and causing harm to average people. Because, you know, hypothetically speaking, you're just nutrients but you know the the you know nutrients to their soil nutrients to themselves i mean take it any way you want you know you work for them and joe biden made that clear too but think what else happened well this weekend we saw and it was great because someone out actually dm me and i was talking about it with friends too that when president trump spoke on sunday which everyone was like oh he's not going to say anything he did there was no presidential seal on the podium. That means that he is in active command. And not only that, yesterday, the sunset clause at midnight yesterday, so 1201 Monday, March 16th, no longer exists. FISA Act is gone. Don't know why it's still kind of discussion that they can slip in the sunset clause that it expired. So now what we need to do is diligently pay attention to the new versions that they're going to be slotting in to allow spying to happen because the sunset clause of the Patriot Act has expired. There are no spy. There's no more spying anymore. Well, it's not supposed to be, <laughs> but that actually happened. So now what we have to do as citizens is not trust the people that we voted in because you really didn't vote for them. They made sure that of that. You know, they always been stealing elections is to make sure that they don't sneak new legislation in there.
But the old legislation that got the president, uh, you know, to have a first term with his hands and feet hogtied and didn't allow us to flourish as a nation with the mainstream media and the talking heads, even the smiling ones you heard now that spoke some common sense, aiding in that effort of choking our ability to flourish as a nation. That should get every single American angry. Because right now, no matter what the Democrats are saying, no matter what the talking heads are saying, everyone's like, man, we've got a president that's pretty badass. He shut down our borders. No one's getting in. We're not getting their stuff. Hey, we're going to start making medications and pharmaceutical apparatuses within the United States. We're shutting things down. We're not allowed to travel through state and watch us not get sick. And not only that, he was like, yo, Walmart, what are you doing? Are you really serious that you're cutting down the hours? How come people can't find water or food oh because they're buying so much all right well you know we have to worry about our and okay if you're going to do that then you know maybe we'll be buying chicken from someone else and the contracts that we have for our schools and our federal government you won't be able to fulfill since you can't keep up so maybe we'll look somewhere else and they're like no we can keep up oh i thought so so businesses fully stocked everyone fully stocked and calm down you're going to be able to go um, you know, though, with this new thing of saying, you know, people, more than 50 people in one area, you know, aren't allowed, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Governor Cuomo, does that apply to supermarkets? Because if you put all the cashiers and the stockers, that's at least 50 people in the supermarket already. So do we all have the supermarket to ourselves to shop? Because if that's the case, nobody wants to go after me. I'll go in there and I'll literally walk out with just a bottle of milk and, uh, you know, some fruit or something. Uh, but I will browse everything and have ideas. Oh, maybe I should bake some of this, but then put it down. So I'd be the worst one to be, um, let in there. It would be a three hour wait at least. Maybe they'll start handing out those little buzzers like they do at restaurants when they're packed, like at Olive Garden, when you go there and they're just like, here, what we'll call we'll buzz you when it's ready. It's ridiculous, but we have to play it because if we didn't have this hot mess of a virus supposedly going around, of this deadly virus going around, then we wouldn't have had this sunset clause expire. We wouldn't have had those attacks that have been so effective against the IRGC. We wouldn't have had the information that was provided to us. And we wouldn't have had the pure panic that we're seeing right now amongst all the Democrats. So now we have Schiff hiding away some hole. Could be because of Andrew Gillum. That we can get back to at another time. Because, you know, a lot of people don't seem to see the fascination with meth and hookers. And hookers meaning, you know, male hookers, female hookers, all the hookers, everybody bring a hooker. What role it plays. But it all comes down to science. It all comes down to science. And this is what I wanted to kind of like intro intro. So science, let me let me tell you a story so you understand it. So I remember back in um, 2009, I was in a class taught by a great professor called um, Dr. Vincelli. He is one of the leading, you know, plant pathologist. He looks at viruses and bacteria that affect crops. You know, he's 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 really good at what he does. And he always wore these funny cargo shorts to class. He reminded me of, you know, Curious George type, you know, safari. 
but he was so good. And uh, he's the first time I was ever published. Um, he published a graphic uh, in his book where he actually writes books to teach professors how to teach plant pathology. And I remember sitting in his class um, and taking it because I was trying to figure out cell signaling. That's like my thing. Fascinated because it's language. It's all talking with chemicals. And you know, I've said this before and I've, and I've written the paper and he's actually egged me on saying, why haven't you submitted it for publication yet? But I, um, I saw that, you know, have you ever seen a tree with cancer? I think I've talked about this before. It's called a crown gall and it looks like a cauliflower on the side of a tree or a plant that's actually like cancerous, but it's really not. So I thought it was cancerous and they talk about it like it's cancer because it's multiplying and multiplying, but it's really not. I found out that there's a bacteria in the soil, Agrobacterium tumefaciens, and that bacteria in the soil actually enters the wound of a root um, of whatever it infects. And I was like, well, why would it go there? I mean, bacteria just don't go somewhere unless they're placed on it or if there is a signal for it. Because this is something a lot of people don't know, and I urge you, if you have time now that we're on quarantine, right, go to YouTube and look up a TED Talk by a Dr. Bonnie Bassler from John Hopkins. So everyone used to call this chick crazy. Um, I followed a couple of her um, speeches, uh, not because I was uh, a scientist at the time, a long, long time ago, but because we were following some technology, long story. And so anyway, uh, I actually went and visited her lab, but she discovered, and she's like the leading specialist on how bacteria talk to each other. The language is actually called quorum sensing. And she figured that out with the aha moment, how, you know, there's like a specific kind of, you know, cephalopod that has bacteria that glow. But apparently, even though they sit in the tummy for this, you know, deep, deep ocean, um, you know, cephalopod, they, they go into the tummy area or the head, whatever you want to call it. Because, I mean, can we really do anatomy of cephalopods? Let's just be honest. We're just like, this looks like the top and these are legs done. Tentacles, whatever. But she figured out that the actual bacteria have to be a certain number before they glow. So they can sense each other and attract each other. So she figured out that they talk to each other. Well, I then thought to myself, well, how does a tree root or a plant root repair itself? Oh, it secretes a certain, uh, you know, chemical signal uh, to signal nearby roots, nearby whatever to recruit in order to mend itself and make it better. And I'm like, oh, okay, that's funny. So as I was looking at the quorum sensing, I realized that that Agrobacterium tumefaciens has like an aromatic type phenol communication uh, molecule, very specific to mating, to like coming together and creating colonies, not like like having sex, right, as you would think, but it kind of is, and I'll explain to you with the little time we have left, but so what happens is it literally mistakens the phenol type signaling from the tree saying I'm hurt recruiting its cells to another agrobacterium tumefaciens saying come over we're making a colony over here so it literally enters the plant and inserts its bacterial DNA into the plant and starts creating a lot of hybrids 
of bacteria and plants. And that's basically why it keeps replicating and replicating. And it doesn't stop replicating until the first one dies or gets removed or something like that. It's just so bizarre. And when I asked him, oh, wait a minute, are you saying that it's exchanging DNA? Isn't that like sex? He goes, yeah. And I was like, well, why? Bacteria don't just infect things because they feel like it. He's like, yeah, this one just does. And I didn't like that answer. So on that note, keep this in mind for maybe later today, maybe tomorrow. Why is it that we're constantly using prostitutes and meth? Why do we see methamphetamine and epinephrine being used? Think of the example I just gave you with the plant and the bacterium and let that percolate for a bit and try to see what I'm trying to tell you without telling you, hypothetically speaking, of course. And so on that, think, can we design something to target something? Hypothetically speaking, again. So on that note, I want to tell you guys, have faith, listen to the president and, you know, just enjoy the time in the quarantine and he'll look after us regardless. God bless.